God doesn't make the world this way. We do. You really feel normal. You really feel normal. You seem to understand. What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of You're Locked In Here With Us, a Watchmen podcast, at least for now. Uh, I am your host, Blaze Hopkins, and we got the entire squad here tonight. This is our finale discussion, episode 9 of Watchmen, See How They Fly. Um, So, yeah, Chris and Garrett are here with me. Garrett, what's up, man? We missed you on Sunday. Yeah, sorry I couldn't make it, but you know how it how it is around Christmas time. Got a oh, little yeah. busy. Um but yeah, thanks for for having me back, of course. And yeah. I'm pumped to discuss this episode with you guys. Absolutely. And Chris, uh kind of been in contact. How are you doing, my friend? Uh doing all right. As as Garrett said, the the holidays they are a wonderful, beautiful, but also crazy hectic time. Um I'm just trying to get through these next two days at work and then i've got my like two week break from uh from the high school from from teaching so i i'm desperately desperately counting down the hours we got uh recording this on a wednesday we got star wars tomorrow night we got families like families coming up this weekend um so i'm pumped i'm i'm really just get getting into the christmas spirit just got to grind out these next two days but uh yeah one yeah, thing that good. I've I've kind of realized after doing this podcast for the past what like two and a half months now, mm-hmm. I feel uh-huh. like every every episode, one of us is like, yeah, you know, I'm just really busy and tired. <laughs> Life is beating me up, and I'm just trying to get by day to day, looking forward to a break. <laughs> and I kind of feel like that's just what life is now. Yeah, I don't know. Pretty much, it's just one. I've learned so. to stop telling people that I'm tired because I came to the realization that everybody is fucking tired (laughs) that is exactly what i'm getting at but luckily we have good ass tv and movies to talk about like watchmen definitely yeah we we i was about to make a dr manhattan joke with one of us is always on a break one of us is always experiencing a break at this moment right now (laughs) just in the future or in the past yeah Uh, yep or break down yeah usually both at the same time garrett (laughs) yeah true mental break (laughs) well i'm excited to be back because i am feeling refreshed and energized um again sunday i was on a plane off a plane and pretty beat from the weekend so um now now that i've had time to kind of like type out some notes and really marinate uh this episode let it marinate i've i'm excited um so yeah, the show is officially over, and uh, Chris and I threw out our thoughts, but uh, Garrett, I'm going to kick it to you to start off our discussion tonight. What did you think about the Watchmen finale? So I would like to just start with the ending and give my thoughts on the very, very ending after the show officially ended with the credits. Um, so I... I just think I I love the Beatles, as you guys probably know, and I thought that 
the song they chose was just like an eerily perfect song to end the entire series on i think mm-hmm. i feel like this is the end of the series honestly i just get that feeling but i at think least... that he so i think that whether h i think that it is the end of the series for damon lindelof i okay. think that that with the fina- the final scene and everything with her foot over the water like to me that is lindelof basically finalizing his story right so i just i was like really listening to the lyrics and I, I love that song so much, and it was a great cover of it, and just like comically fit into the entire show. Just so many different little weird lines that I, I haven't like read a breakdown of it, but I, I just thought it was a really great ending to the the entire series. And yeah, just starting one scene before that with her foot hitting the water, I feel like that was. It was just awesome. I loved the entire episode. It was really exciting. I, it was intense, and everything really came together. It was, there were some little funny scenes in there. Um, it was really sad, and it probably contained some of the best acting of the entire show so far. I really wasn't too familiar with Regina King before the show, and mm-hmm. I was obviously impressed from you know the first episode onward, but... She really blew me away in a few of the scenes at the end, um, mainly when she was saying goodbye to John and just how heartbroken she was. You could really feel that, and yeah, I felt it too. And I'm sad that you know that character's probably never going to be on the screen again. You know, I don't really see how we'll get any more Doctor Manhattan um, stories in in the future, and. Really, all these characters, I feel like it was a, a really fitting um, goodbye for a lot of them. We'll get to it in a little bit. I do have a couple reservations about you know some some things in this episode and mainly a couple of the character arcs that kind of happened throughout the season and more so like the final um the second half of the the season, I guess. but sure. overall, just really thought it was an awesome episode. I love how. Everything was explained um, with Lady True kind of taking taking Keen's plan and using it for her own motivation. I love how the squids came into play. Um, just there's there's a lot to to go over, but yeah, I really I liked it from the opening minute to the to the final minute. It was great. Yeah. Um, so let's ha- we could start with Lady True. Um, How'd you, Chris, what did you think of kind of like her as a character and her end game and, uh, and just sort of like the way, you know, her plan and everything. Did you like that? And I know we kind of touched on her and the seventh cavalry as, and sort as sort of like the antagonists of the show. Um, but I think that's a good place to start. How did you think that i guess lady true was as this villain in the end um i've got mixed feelings i mean i think uh i liked how she was one step ahead i thought that was very fitting and obviously very um true to who her who who her father was who she kind of inherit somewhat inherited Mm -hmm. that intelligence from um 
and and you know her mother as well not to say her mother wasn't intelligent but you know with adrian veidt being you know essentially uh titled the like smartest man in the world uh and she's the smartest woman in the world so i i did like that aspect of her character i did like that she that her plan did keep me guessing but unfortunately i think for me like her plan being so vague also bled into her character kind of becoming this enigma to me so to the point where i i kind of didn't give a shit if she like i gave a shit if she got the powers because like yeah like that that probably wouldn't be good and like and like uh and like Vite said like anyone who's that narcissistic who gets them even if they plan to like denuclearize the world it's not gonna turn out well but i i would have liked to have felt some conflict over that like i would have liked to have felt like no 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 i i think she actually does have these noble intentions but also have that like pang of fear to me i was just like honestly i don't really know what she's gonna do with them i don't think she'll probably get them because i don't see the show going in that direction Mm -hmm. um so yeah so to me she felt more honestly she felt more like a uh, sadly like a plot device more than anything else i didn't feel I did like that we got to deepen her character a little bit in this finale with the reveal that she was Vite's daughter and and with what we saw her mother do, you know, with, with uh, inseminating sure. herself. But to me, it felt a little too little too late. Um, yeah. That's... I guess I, I agree. Like, I wish we had gotten some more depth. And so an interesting little tidbit is the show was originally supposed to be 10 episodes. And uh, Damon Lindelof has said that they were in the writer's room and they had the plan for 10 episodes and they essentially were going the final episode or or not the final episode but the the extra episode was going to be a like lady true specific or kind of background episode but he said that kind of when push came to shove they couldn't find a place where any of them felt it fit into the uh, series because of what they had to kind of keep hidden about her or kind of keep the character, like the mystery to her. Um, And then by the time you hit that sixth episode with the nostalgia trip and everything, you basically immediately jump to the end game because of how many questions it answers. And he said that they kind of made the collective decision that they would rather the show be nine episodes and sort of from then on you just go full throttle with like hooded justice background the dr manhattan reveal the you know the love story background and the finale uh and he said though that was kind of like if he has one sort of regret about the show or just kind of like one thing that um bothers him a little bit it's that they didn't get to do that episode because Uh, He loves the actor and thought she did a great job with the character and wanted to flesh her out a little bit more, but uh, they just didn't feel like it fit. Uh, I kind of can I So I wish we got to know her a little more, but to me, thinking about it and kind of looking back on the show, I feel like there is enough there for me to kind of buy into everything. Just putting it together of like, one, she's Adrian's daughter, so we know she is kind of hyper intelligent and will have a massive ego and, you know, essentially believe in 
her ideas over kind of outside ones. So um, her motivation was there for me because they gave us the little tidbits of like what, you know, her family, like her mother went through and everything and kind of the grudge that she held for that a little bit um, or that there was sort of that trauma in her past. And then, you know, she's not, she hasn't been a good person throughout the show. Like even we see her, even the whole, to me, the whole thing with showing up at the couple's house and like basically she invaded their private space before they even met her. Like she already knew who these people were already knew that they were trying to make a baby and like gives them one to just like basically manipulate them into giving up their house so she could retrieve the ownership or claim ownership of uh, Vite's pod hitting the earth and everything. So when I kind of look back, I feel like it was kind of made clear that she wasn't a great person. Like she clearly was a power hungry, um, you know, person with a chip on her shoulder because of uh, the past inflicted on her mother um, from Dr. Manhattan and uh, and Vite. And then basically to get those flashbacks too of, you know, how Adrian basically tells her to fuck off and everything. Um, I don't know. I felt like it... I, I do wish we kind of got more time to see her maybe like again a little bit of the background to her rise up, but... Um, I, you know, I, I was okay with it, I guess. I, to me, it didn't necessarily, um, fall flat, especially knowing enough about who her father is and what genes she received from him. I, I kind of agree with both of you, actually. So I, I think that she was a really great character and the actress was, I enjoyed every moment that she was on screen. I honestly don't know who the actress was but i thought she did a great job and she had probably one of the most intriguing stories to me like you just knew that somewhere down the line she was going to be playing probably like one of the the most central roles in whatever the culmination of the story was but in a way it i think it does hurt the story now that i was kind of listening to chris a little bit that she they didn't I guess have this final episode because she did kind of come off as more of a plot device to Mm -hmm. pretty much bring Adrian back. Like what else did she really add to the story that probably couldn't have been replaced with a different character or like Keen's character, like his main, they really could have somehow changed her plot for the most part over to Keen's about trying to get Dr. Manhattan's power and just like made up something like he would have been able to transfer the power to him and don't bring in this third party then to do that to kind of piggyback off of his idea um and if so maybe we if we had known more about her and we had known maybe what more of her intentions were and it would have they would have kind of fallen more in that gray area and she would have been more of a central figure to the whole story i think it would have played a little bit better and would have really put a bow on top of the story and maybe that's what we lost in the 10th episode. Um, or maybe like if there was a content for a 10th episode or whatever, it would have kind of been integrated throughout the rest of the season. I'm assuming he didn't mean there was going to be like another episode added on. No, he, he literally, no, no, no. He literally meant that like the 
extra episode they were originally scheduled to have was going to be like what we saw with Looking Glass or like what we saw with um, like Will and the Nostalgia. Like we were going to, it was going to be a like episode dedicated to Lady True, but basically Mm. it did not fit because of the strategic placement of information throughout the season. Yeah, I think that's that's too bad, and ultimately and, that w- that will be a detriment to the to the so, show, most likely, and her character. But I mean, overall, yeah. I'd... Why I will defend it though. So you yeah. and I, I wanted to transition into this because you and it's perfect that you brought it up. Was that you know you said you kind of bring up the point of it feeling maybe like cheap. I guess that she just like piggybacked the Seventh Cavalry's plan, right? And I know Chris, we you had mentioned kind of on Sunday. Yeah. And I apologize if I don't kind of correctly uh, replay your thoughts, but essentially that, you know, the, the cavalry was built up to like fall flat, right? Like if I, I guess that's the way I'll summarize it. Sort of. Yeah. Yeah. And I've read in an interview with Lyndon Loft since that they weren't supposed to be that much of a threat after. So, okay. So why I love this and why I am willing to kind of like accept this ending and sort of like how both of those characters were used is because to me like fuck the cavalry right like they're supposed he's supposed like this show is shitting on white supremacy and it's basically calling out that like all the white supremacists out there have this like god complex right and what's the best thing he can do is he can basically stick his middle finger up and show them that like they're all fucking idiots and that they're all they're not taken seriously by anybody and like i am so okay that it's like basically that they were built to be this larger than life thing and that there was like cyclops and stuff and it's like at the end of the day like fuck you you know we're like I, I, yeah I, I, you're not smart enough to be, you know, to like be a legitimate threat. And I think it's great because like, I don't know. I like thought it was so, it felt so good to me to watch like Keen do his monologue and then just like, but get fucking melted and I, watch judge I, wife. Try to be like, I agree. I agree. Kill us. I think my issue is though, is when I better understand Keen as a character than I do lady true. And she ends up being your kind of quote unquote, more ultimate or more seriously taken villain. Mm-hmm. That, that I feel like undercuts the stakes in your finale. Like I, I, I think, or maybe not undercuts the stakes, but, I guess so. but un- undercuts my investment. Like, I by no means thought the Seventh Cavalry was gonna be successful. Like, sure, and and but like, I kind of not connected because that sounds like I'm like agreeing with it <laughs> or empathizing with it. Whoa, whoa, yeah, whoa. right, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. No, but Keen's like I- idea of like it's tough to be a white man nowadays. Bullshit. I was like. Okay, like, but those are people that, unfortunately, I think I've met in my life. You know what I'm trying to well, say? Yeah, like, but that's like, that's why I'm saying, like, I'm I'm happy that they were just, that their oh, entire, like, it was all made out to be a joke, basically. I agree. I don't know. I, like, I, I, was no, no, so, no. I was so fine with it. No, me too, but, like, for, with Lady True, like, we didn't find out what the fuck she wanted to do until the last episode, and then she was like, I'm gonna, like, denuclearize the world, and I was like, I know so little about you that that might be right. But also, like, like that that was my thing. Because, like, I don't... 
the thing that kind of I call bullshit on is like, so she was raised by this mother who we see in that first scene is kind of like this, like almost like survivor. Like I'm not valued. I'm going to get the fuck out of here. And like, so like, but like, I don't, I didn't experience any time with her mother. I don't know how she was raised. I don't know. Like, so, yeah. so, and so like, to me, it would make sense if she had a, like had Adrian Vite as like, a fucking neg- neglectful like abusive dad and she turned out this way and she turned out to be evil but i have nothing of like substance to base this off of for her character but i guess i guess to me it's like knowing the background of the entire story like the graphic like how the graphic novel ends and the fact that like she has enough of a grudge against dr manhattan for basically causing her mom's country to get overtaken after the vietnam war and basically like completely fucked up by the u.s and and then also like you know so it's like she has enough of a grudge there and then isn't she just trying to do what her dad did but do it better that's essentially what she says like she says what vite was gonna do like oh that's a rerun like yeah well so yeah so basically no, no no so yeah, she was saying like the his squid thing and like his his mini squid showers yeah. were a rerun. Like that those would yeah. never be good enough to hold over. Exactly. And I think that um and then I get her point like maybe what her grudge would be around about Dr. Manhattan, but then like I don't know. I I just so like I I don't think we were were given and like it's okay to be my thing is you your characters um your your character's goals can be murky and vague if your character is interesting. Mm-hmm. I didn't think Lady True was interesting. So okay. like I didn't find her I found the actress uh I found her like great I thought her opening scene with the couple, I was like, oh shit, like, who is this person? Like, she's able to clone people, she's able to, like, do this, like, kind of wish fulfillment thing. That's really, like, that's really dynamic. But all she, like, all she was to me was this person dangling, like, these carrots in front of people, like Angela. Like, oh, I have the answers, but I'm not going to give them to you, like... And ultimately, I just was like, anytime she was on screen, I... I didn't care that much. Like, even with the... There was a chance with her daughter being cloned to be her mother. There was a chance to even do something more emotional there in that scene where mm-hmm. she tells her, and we still didn't get it. And and to me, if I'm going to see this, like, lack of emotion from her, I need some sort of, like, reason why other, like, like other than her dad wasn't around. I think that doesn't... I just feel like, I feel like she was just a blank slate of a character, and so yeah, just simply like knowing that how they presented her and how they introduced her, and knowing Lindelof, obviously she was gonna play a huge role. Yeah. So I mean, I I get what you're saying about they kind of they gave us least information about her than any other character, any other main character at least, wh- and which is which is fine like i didn't necessarily need a whole centric episode about her although yeah. as you were saying garrett i think it would have been beneficial mm-hmm. but i at least would have liked like some shades some details so- something to latch on to like I- I- yeah like i didn't even 
with the whole like like with Vite calling her daughter in the finale, right? Like the save me daughter thing. I was even still like, all right, like, like that was kind of funny when she like commented on it, like that you, like you, uh, like that must have been tough for you to like uh, not swallow your pride, but like I forget, like I forget exactly how she put it. But yeah, I I don't know. I just none of that, I, none of that particularly landed for me because it wasn't because Lady True to me, honestly, she felt more emotionless than Doctor Manhattan the entire yeah time so with this mission i was like you want to denuclearize the world why you don't seem to yeah, give it that's... you don't seem to give a shit about anyone in it so yeah it's i guess like on reflection we just don't really get a lot of understanding for her motivation thank you that you put it and it's like yep. so, so didn't she like she said why'd she bring adrian back like so he could see her do it like isn't that is that what she said like because yep. Yeah. So it's like, so does she have daddy issues? Like, is there this deep yearning for her father or... I mean, we basically saw him be like, oh, yeah, you might be half of me, but, like, you'll never be me. Yeah, but so she's going to build a, you know, go try to retrieve him or whatever. <sighs> like, build a spaceship to bring him back just to prove that point or something. And, I mean, we... Like, I mean, I think... She, she, I, I mean... We saw a little bit are, of emotion. She's, she's already had the technology. Well, and we... So... Yeah. And we saw... Well, basically... And we saw a little bit of emotion from her when, um, when Doctor Manhattan zaps them away, but like, uh, when when he he sends Laurie and uh, Vite and um, and looking glass. yeah true so but true. like I still I think I needed even in this episode I needed more time with them then for me to like buy into those daddy issues I guess like mm-hmm. yeah I, I don't know but then it, I don't yeah I don't necessarily think that it it should have been like an entire episode dedicated to her because i do think some of the mystery worked yeah and i like but again i think it could have been good if like that amount of information was sprinkled out throughout the rest of the series then like if there was 10 episodes doesn't necessarily mean that one of them was fully dedicated to her but maybe we just know a little bit more about her i think that would have suited her character well but personally given that i still I think it would have made the story better, but I still like her character and I still think that it was executed well and she's interesting. I just think that they needed again to put more of like a really a, a ribbon on top of that, that character and that story. I think you can add to, I think you can go back to the hooded justice nostalgia trip episode. And when Angela is dealing with what she's dealing with, um, because we know she's in lady true's facility that maybe that's moments where you can get it a little bit more i don't know but yeah um yeah and i think too some of this might also stem to the point that for me uh the adrian Veidt ozymandias stuff was also some of the weakest parts of the season so mm. maybe that's why yeah. yeah and and so that's the next thing i want to transition into because i i knew just because of again chris and i talking on sunday i i wanted to kind of like reproach this uh this topic and get your thoughts garrett and at least get the what i think we can (laughs) agree will be like the last uh probably negative thing or at least thing with that people have gripes with um but yeah so how garrett i'll start you off with this like okay what did you think of now that you kind of saw how it ended what did you think of the ozymandias story this season I on I liked it a lot. Mm-hmm. 
just I liked how it was presented. So I should say more so like I liked the production of it. I thought it was again usually my favorite parts of the episode. Um, but I don't know. Yeah, I was. I'm I'm definitely torn. Um, I'm I was kind of hoping that he would have played a bigger role in the finale. I guess he kind of saved the day, but I don't know. It just felt like there is a little bit lacking, and I think it again going back to kind of what I said in previous episodes, I think it didn't help that really we didn't get any true information about him in like the uh, maybe seventh or eighth episodes, maybe even like sixth, seventh, eighth. Like we just got the court scene with the pigs or whatever, but I feel like like a lot of the other characters, like one thing I'll get to this later, but I feel like, maybe after the nostalgia trip when things really did get into the end game um a lot of the characters almost lost a purpose in the story and Mm -hmm. i feel like up until he was he saved the day at the end he really didn't have a purpose in the fine in the the big scheme at the end like he didn't really he wasn't doing anything he was just running around and like he was witnessing everything. He wasn't trying to stop it. He wasn't trying to help it. He was just there to exist pretty much until he had an opportunity to kind of come in and save the day, which I I thought that was, it was pretty good how it went down. But I think, yeah, I don't know. It could have, there could have been more. I feel like there could have been, they could have been, he could have been more involved in the plot, just like Looking Glass and probably Lori could have been in more i guess the second half of the the show mm-hmm. but yeah i don't know i i didn't listen to the instant recap because i'm very susceptible to other people's opinions and i always try to like i don't know put myself in other people's eyes and understand why people think certain things so i kind of wanted to come into this with as fresh of a mind as possible so mm-hmm. i'm curious what you guys think um chris go you can go ahead I know that this is your, you know, you, uh, I think it's, inter- well, I, th- I think it's interesting because I think that I'll put it out there now that I think that like Chris and I's opinions are one of the few things in this show where it's the perfect example of, um, the kind of feelings and view towards his story could be, like a coin flip based on whether or not you've read the graphic novel. Okay. So I'll, I'll say one mm-hmm. more thing then before you jump into it. So I have said this earlier and maybe even I think in like the first or second episode. Um, and I always was a little bit, I, I always liked his character and I was always kind of on his side for what he did with, you know, by destroying half the city or whatever. I don't necessarily think that... Obviously, it was a bad thing. But on the other hand, he did something no one's ever done. And he created world peace. And in his mind... And, you know, he wasn't never proven otherwise. That was true. That was the only way to do it, pretty much. And I think his he was painted as really the main villain of Watchmen. And I always kind of thought he got a bad rap for that. I thought his villainry should always have an asterisk on it. And I was, I guess I was happy that he got some redemption. I think it might've been a little bit, he was in, you know, too heroic in this. Um, 
I would have liked if they had somehow woven in some kind of ulterior motive besides him just like saving the world pretty much because he knew she wasn't going to do good with the powers because he wouldn't do good with the powers if he got them. So it was maybe a little overboard in the heroism, but I did like that. I don't know. I just have always liked his character. And then especially Jeremy Irons and his presentation made him even more likable, um, which probably is something that I guess Alan Moore would pull his hair out overhearing, but I don't think that's how his character was probably originally drawn up. But just personally, yeah, that's I was happy for him to get a little bit of redemption then. Um, yeah, that's fair. Um, so, Chris, fill, fill Garrett in <laughs> on your thoughts. No, I just, I didn't mind his arc, necessarily. I just didn't need to keep checking in on him episode after episode if this was it. Like, <laughs> um, like if ultimately it was going to be, like, if ultimately, like, his daughter was essentially going to be the Eagles from Lord of the Rings, like, uh, right. like did we need to spend all that time with him? I, I, I don't know. Um, like, he could have... Like, I get it was to show, like, his insanity or whatever. Um, and I didn't hate the clones. And I did like with, you know, how they tied it together with them essentially being Adam and Eve after the, during the Dr. Manhattan episode. But, um, yeah, dude, I don't know. I just, I, I with all this, like, by the, I mean, this is this has been building up for the past couple episodes, so I was actually glad to see him interact with other characters in the finale. Um, and like Garrett said, I was kind of happy that he got some type of redemption, but then it was also like Looking Glass just knocks him out, and there's that really funny moment like, oh, he talks too much. Um, but I don't know. I mean, if it's not going to, if he's not going to get some. I actually don't even know if I'd want him to be redeemed because I think he's kind of a piece of shit. But, like, um, I don't know. If he's not going to get some more permanent ending than that, like, we think he's going to jail. I don't know. I just, to to me, him and Lady True, they were just like, right, we need the smart people to, one, to have the threat and one to find the solution to stop that threat. And like that's so, that's what their purposes are, and from an emotional character standpoint, I I didn't feel I mean I felt more connected to Adrian than I did to Lady True, especially with the like I love the scene between him and Doctor Manhattan in the last episode where it's like oh there's this paradise please send me there, and then like the the idea that he can't even be happy in paradise was was interesting. But yeah, I, I I don't know, man. I don't know. Man, I, I I definitely I, get it. I, like I think I, it is a very uh, like I'll say bold or kind of like like I said I could see it being hit or miss. And like my side, Garrett, is that I think that when you look at it from the standpoint of like have just like being more familiar with I guess like the character and the graphic novel, like there are two characters that we know that coming into the show like you knew still existed in some form and it's like dr man it's the two most op characters in watchmen it's dr manhattan who's literally a god and ozymandias who has 
the respect of a god because he is the smartest man on earth. So I kind of, I was fine with the story because, and I thought it was pretty fitting because it's like, how do you basically take both of those characters off the table, you know, to normalize, normalize the world a little bit uh, for your story. So for me, I thought it was kind of fitting that, yeah, we see, we kind of see him by the end realizing sort of that um, his plan didn't work like as perfectly as he wanted and everything. And he can't really like help guide it to the next phase of like utopia or whatever. And yeah, that basically he takes this opportunity and essentially gets put in a prison. And for me, the episodic scenes kind of showed like that this guy does have a limit. Like he was able to be defeated essentially and you know his ego will never disappear which is why i thought it was so funny how at the end you know he like catches the bullet which he does in the graphic novel and uh and then stabs phillips and tells him he wasn't a worthy opponent and everything um but i guess for me like this character was a little bit like it was one of the things that it would put you in a tough spot to deal with like what can he really do next um so i thought it was well done to show him not even like descend into madness but just be defeated like by the time that courtroom episode hits i like i feel like he is a man who like wants to die essentially or is like okay dying then continuing to put up with this game he has created for himself and like even if you know, if a game that he... And I think that's even in that scene, like, why Crookshanks winks at him and everything. Because it's like they know they're trying... Like, they're playing their roles. And and then to see him come back and, like, talk to the newspaper man and basically kind of throw salt in the wound. And he discovers that, you know, nobody gives a shit or re- remembers uh, Adrian Veidt anymore. Like, I, I thought it was satisfying. Yeah, I get that. I think, again, both of you have valid points. I think from what I'm hearing of Chris, his main issue with Adrian and Lady True, I think Adrian was built up too much to have too small of a mm-hmm. role in the ultimate story, and Lady True wasn't built up enough for the size role that she had. And I yeah. think that's that's a really valid... Yeah, absolutely. I, it's a, I would say that's it's like a valid criticism of the telling of the story but not necessarily the story itself if that makes sense the ex yeah it's the i think it was the execution and like Mm -hmm. yeah and i think um because to me i almost feel like because of the comic and i'm like you know i've read some of the graphic novel but even without having read the whole thing i'm still i still understand his connection to other characters in it so I mm-hmm. really enjoyed Adrian's scenes with with John, with Laurie. Um, those are the ones to me that really popped, the ones that had the, that history there. So even if you had cut some of his stuff on Europa out and just given me those smaller scenes and maybe use some of his time on Europa instead to flesh out Lady True, I think you're right, Garrett. It might have... In that execution Bal- kind of balance balanced it yeah, out a little more yeah that execution may have made me enjoy both arcs a little bit more because i don't 
yeah i, I think i just got bored with adrian because to me it felt like the same shit different mm-hmm. different day yeah and no, i did i did i, I, I totally did, agree I completely yeah. understand why like why you'd feel that way and i did love blaze the moment you bring up about you know him killing the uh the gamekeeper and not and telling him he's not a worthy opponent we talked about that on sunday it was just so darkly funny and perfect i know perfectly ozymandias for what his characters you have that brief moment where you're like there's no way he's gonna say he was and then boom immediately. <laughs> yeah um and yeah, uh, and I, I almost wanted him to say, I almost wanted him to have more of those exchanges, like that type of exchange with Lady True, sort of. Like, oh yeah, you're going to become a god, you're going to fix this in a more permanent way? Like, you don't understand, I, I'm I'm still going to win here. Um, yeah, but but anyway, I, we can move on to things I liked. <laughs> but well, no, I feel I, like I I'm right. I think Blaze, Blaze made a really good point, too, about how... Like, where do you take that character after... Mm-hmm. If you're going to have him be a big role and have him exist in this new series, like, what what more is there to do with him? And I think they, they did something pretty good. I yeah, think was, I think I'm I liked how to weird give it, it a little bit more of the benefit of the doubt because I guess I view it as, like, you can't really involve him in a any more of a minor role or, like, a similar role, I guess. Um because of his intelligence level. Right. Yeah, he's just going to solve any issue. And, and exactly. Much. Like, you saw, you know, like, you, you saw how his character at the end, right? Like, he doesn't need to be told or uh, filled in on why John sends him to his, like, Antarctic base. And he just, like, he knows, you know, like, he is a genius. He is the smartest man in the world. So it, it becomes tough. Like, Without, you know, he is essentially, like, the mastermind and quote-unquote, like, villain or antagonist of the original graphic novel. So that's where it becomes tough because, like, he has already served that role um, of, again, like, the ma- the mastermind. And, yeah, like, I, I just give – I guess I'm – I look at it of, like, I give the writing team and Lindelof just so much credit for the – cleverness that of how they handled like what to do with his character and i i guess i just appreciate and liked that the scenes were enjoyable but like you're basically watching this guy get punished in the like only kind of i guess way that would work which is to essentially like let him you know kind of be isolated and bored um you know yeah I think it, it might have worked a little bit better if maybe they had introduced Lady True in the first episode and had her plot un- unfold. I think she, she came in – was it like – was it the second episode or even later? I forget. Episode uh, episode three. Three? Okay. Yeah, I was going to say three. So maybe introduce her right away and then bring Adrian back episode three or something. Like mm-hmm. don't start his yeah. plot out because his seemed like, again, a little too stretched out and lady true. There just wasn't quite enough there. Mm-hmm. That might've been just flip it a little bit, but yeah, overall don't really have too many big complaints about their stories, I guess, but yeah, more no, so just that. Yeah. I hear you guys. I think, I mean, but, I, I but, definitely agree. Like, I think the idea of maybe, uh, like a little give and take in terms of like the time spent with the characters for the sake of balance is like a very valid point. Yeah, it's the pa- and pacing I, issues yeah. for me. Her story felt rushed. His felt almost languid in his, his, pa- in his pacing. Sure. Yeah. 
Yeah. Especially towards the end. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I think so again, since he was such a difficult character, I'm sure for them to kind of find something to do with, I think they did kind of spice up the weirdness. So at times it felt like weird just for the sake of being weird, I guess, which isn't, I wouldn't say necessarily a good thing, but I, I, I still thought it was enjoyable enough. I liked it. Yeah. Um, and the next character I want to talk about, cause he does kind of cross over with, uh, Adrian a little bit is how did you guys feel about the ending for Wade, AKA looking glass? Because, um, this is another one that I am. I, this is, I think the character I am probably the most bummed out about, uh, because ever since we get that solo episode where, you know, and where he, or we get the kind of tidbit that he, killed all the cavalry guys and infiltrated them he disappears which like i was fine with but i don't i guess this is the pay like i don't feel like there was a payoff and i was kind of bummed out um like he i just wish he had done something slightly more significant like even if it was you know like stepping in to try and like take down keen and you know, it doesn't work, but then obviously, like, Angela and True and everybody else shows up, so he can still kind of fulfill that role of getting, like, teleported out. Um, I did like with Looking Glass that he got paired up with Laurie and Adrian, because I thought it felt very fitting for his character in a way to, ha- even though, again, and he could have even, maybe this is what I wanted, um, but I liked that he got to come face to face with the man that caused all of his pain and trauma and PTSD. And I didn't dislike their exchange about how he kind of like tries to tell him off and everything, but we know who Vite is. So he's just like, yeah, yeah, man, like you don't get it, whatever. Um, and I, I did like him knocking him out in the, during the monologue, because again, it was a little, it felt a little, like, good to see Wade basically be like, shut the fuck up, man. You know, like, you've done enough. Um, but, you know, I, I just, I don't know. We've seen Looking Glass be kind of, like, pretty badass uh, in terms of his capabilities, whether it's, like, how he can read people and his assessment of, like, a situation. And, you know, we even know he can at least take or outsmart, like, four cavalry guys with weapons. Um but yeah, I mean, I want to, I want to get your thoughts, Garrett. I'll kick it to you because I, I know you yeah. were like hype about the character the entire season. Right. So I, I definitely agree with you. Like, I think his story just ultimately was more of a letdown than anything for me. I think his, I, I thought after he got his own episode, he was going to be more of a central character, and he just kind of fell off, and we didn't really see much of him. Mm-hmm. It, I feel like he would have almost served better like if he had just gotten killed or something and that would have his character would have had a little bit more meaning to the plot then Mm -hmm. but it's like what he he just ended up being a side character and that to expand on that i feel that way about not most of the characters but for sure all of the other vigilantes like i think now that's a pretty big flaw of the show like we saw i'm i'm kind of okay with it because to me like this is Angela's show. It, like, zoomed it. Yeah, I got you. Um, But I I, I agree. You kind of fall into that trap of when a well-known actor 
like Tim Blake Nelson, gets kind of... There's news of him being cast as this character and everything. Um, Mm -hmm. I I don't know. Like, I I don't want to chalk it up to that because, again, I think that he was still had uh, obviously an enhanced role in the show and even a prominent relationship with Angela where we had seen them kind of team up when the mystery was still um, just beginning and unfolding and everything. So I, I agree with you. I think, like... I don't know. I just it, it. I just needed like one moment for him. Like I didn't expect or need him to play like some massive role or you know have some grand moment really. But just like one little thing, I guess, to show like hell yeah, like Looking Glass got his kind of. I don't know. Yeah, he just it, even just let him like he, again let him like pop off two cavalry members. Something. I mean, what was his main purpose in the show? Like, what what was his big moment? Just finding the base, pretty. Like, what what did uh, he serve to the plot ultimately? So, I mean, I'd Chris, say, I mean, isn't he kind of essential in that scene with Vite and Laurie where he tells them the last time a squid incident happened, and doesn't yeah. that help him? Doesn't that help Vite be able to do it so quickly? Yeah, you're. It's true. And, but, yeah, that's so, a good point. And I and I. But but but. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, Sorry. Okay. Go ahead, Garrett. Well, just like between, I think he was in the the last episode. He was fine, but I think more so like from his episode to this, just kind of like vite. Like there's just that gap, like with the nostalgia episode, and then pretty much up until the finale, like it was so focused on Angela and Doctor Manhattan, everything else that was going on that his character suffered probably the most i would say he just like fell off and he did play a role but he was also he was just kind of like tagging along and he did have that one moment where yeah he he assisted in in his own way but i think this show suffers from the problem of too many good characters yeah that could be actually i think i think that's honestly the best way to put it because like i'd agree with you that it's a bummer that he was gone for the last couple episodes but with Wade, I don't necessarily know that I, I was left wanting more, but not felt feeling like I needed more. If that makes sense. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause the other thing, like I even actually loved again about the pairing is I kind of like that of how much he related to Lori even, or at least like I felt like there was an unspoken like bond or respect there because again of their, of knowing sort of the trauma that they've gone through and everything. Um, or at least like, you know, we know Lori like found out that the comedian was her dad, you know, because he raped her mom and everything. And just like, I don't know. I kind of like that there was, they had the respect for like their jobs and everything. And I liked a lot of the pairings, uh, in the episode and everything. And I agree with you, Chris. Yeah. I think that like, I didn't need him. Like I, Again, to me, this was a show about Angela and then and everything around her, like mainly her family, her family legacy and um, obviously her relationship. But so I didn't I didn't want like I, you know, I absolutely didn't need him to kind of take over. But I don't know. I guess I just felt like I think that's fair. I think what maybe that's maybe my fault for expecting the show to be too much like the graphic novel where it truly was like such a well-balanced ensemble story where there wasn't 
one really like cent- central character. Uh-huh. You had Rorschach, you had Laurie and Night Owl kind of doing their thing. And yeah. Dr. Manhattan and Adrian, and they all got their their time in the day and you saw all of these different characters and they, they also were really like the only part. vigilante team at that point. Whereas like I, these characters are like officers, I would say. Right. So they're more police officers. Yeah. But it's like also, is that what you mean? Uh, yeah. Like I mean that the setup of the graphic novel, like they are the watchmen, like they're a team. So they're to me, there's like more of a, yeah, I, reason I, I got, to yeah. expect them to all have like a function or an involvement because like they are a group, I guess. Whereas with this, like, sure, they're there just are kind of part of the police of spe- force. Yeah, like sure, there's like only a couple of detectives and everything, but I feel like detectives, even more so than like everyday officers, to an extent, like mm. operate on their own. Yeah, I guess I was more so going into the show hoping that we were going to get a story kind of based around i guess what i my expectations i wouldn't say i was hoping but that it was going to be the police force and the cavalry and then the watchmen would almost be a separate entity Mm -hmm. and would be kind of interacting with that war going back and forth and it kind of turned out that the watchmen were pretty much just part of the police force and that maybe the police force besides a few extremists on in the leadership council they were just cops pretty much like there wasn't really that wasn't explored too much so again that is maybe just more so a fault of my expectations than what than more so what the show actually was Mm -hmm. but yeah i think again probably same thing i just liked his character so i would have liked to have seen more of him just like Red Scare, Pirate Jenny, it's like we barely got those characters, even though we got them a little, you know, in the first couple episodes, I was like, all right, can't wait to learn more about these. And then they just like dropped off from the face of the earth pretty much until a couple scenes here and there. And it's like, oh, we're going to have them, you know, show up at the front of the the squad at the end just to show that they're still alive and kind of insert them into the, the frame for a little bit. But they don't really have anything to do with the plot which was a little disappointing but again this was angela's story and i think that there's inherently nothing wrong with that um just not what i expected or necessarily was hoping for Mm -hmm. yeah makes sense so at this point i've saved the best for last which is essentially the uh Dr. Manhattan stuff and the Angela stuff, so... Mm, I thought you were going to say Lube Man. Uh, I have some Lube Man tidbits for you guys, but... I got, yeah, I got some Lube Man tidbits myself. That'll be so. the after. Uh, okay. So, I pretty much, like, love how everything played out for Manhattan and Angela. Um, I think that it's just a continuation from for Manhattan within this episode. Just great performance from Yaya. Um, I really loved his display of the character. Again, I can, I think that the story for Manhattan made complete sense um, based off of the context that the graphic novel gave us and kind of the text that the character had provided in there. It, to me, makes sense that after sort of 
recognizing you can't artificially replicate human life, I guess, um, and the randomness of it. That I loved the story about him coming back and everything, and um, the gut. There's, you know, this was a gut punch. I mean, again, to that moment when he basically tells her he doesn't want to die alone, and uh, mm. and when he tells her he's experiencing every moment of them too at you know at that time like god damn lindelof you son of a bitch yeah i'm getting shivers just um, thinking about it chris fill fill us in i can hear i can hear your classic like i know chris is well no i i don't want to say too much because i know garrett hasn't watched lost or the leftovers but that this is a a device and a technique i sort of mentioned this in the instant recap that lindenloff has used uh-huh before and I said I said on Sunday that like if it's not earned it can feel cheap like oh we're getting flashbacks like we only known these characters for like five six hours or whatever like what the hell like damn though if it like with the way Doctor Manhattan sees time and also with just how well done they did the Angela John relationship holy shit man and it's like. The fact that he's so... I love that he's hes selfish in that moment, but not out of any kind of, like... Not out of... Not out of... Um, not because of a lack of emotional intelligence, but because he's embracing his emotions. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, that's a great way to put it. Yeah, it's, it's like... Because you think of Dr. Manhattan, and he's like... He's all analytical, and it's like... Well, John, you did this because it seemed logical, but you didn't think about my emotions in it. And this it's like, no, Angela, I know it would have been logical to get you to safety, but I need you here because I don't want to die alone. Like, that is... And it's his final moment, and I think it's really beautiful because it shows the impact that she's also had on him. Like, Because the big thing in the graphic novel, and correct me if I'm wrong here, is that he and Laurie don't work out because he's too emotionally detached. Um, yeah, for the most part. So there's like, essentially like he, when, when, if you ever see the like little boxes where he kind of is like, you know, I I don't where he's like looking up to the stars and he's like, I don't really have a purpose here, blah, blah, blah. So he was basically like influenced and, uh, blocked by tachyons and the device of Vite and everything. So that actually, like, aren't his, isn't his completely, tr- like, true feeling. But, um, but yeah, you're right. Like, basically, he gets to a point where he does detach because how could he not, you know? Anybody that goes from human to a godlike being or, and kind of dealing with the, um, the emotion behind, oh, I'm going to, and coming to terms with the idea of, like, I'm going to live forever, so, like, what's the point? Um, But, yeah, like, I think think that's why it's so perfect is because, um, to me, like, this was the next step because, yeah, he thinks he needs to detach himself Mm -hmm. or that, like, there's no point. And then, like, that's why I love this story is because then we see... Sorry. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, what does he, you know, like, what does he do? He wants to create life because, like, like he feels like okay well if i can't connect with you know humans and like life anymore well what can i do i can go try to create it and at least like watch it and then that we see that doesn't work so you know what does he do he basically try you know 
goes back because like nothing i don't know like nothing compares and everything and like that's yeah man like what i love is about his story he kind of he leaves earth like you say to try to create life and he realizes that in order to truly create life in order to truly experience life he has to return and he seeks out angela like and and i think that's also like the it's almost like the um it's the perfect conflict for him right like he he it's so easy to just to in my opinion kind of write the the end of the character's story in the graphic novel to be like all right like peace out i'm going to go make life but like to me it's so much more compelling to mm-hmm. then say well well that didn't work so what's next well the bigger challenge would be figure out how you can reincorporate yourself into what yeah. you d- so desire so that, like i i loved it for that reason and i kind of love too even going back to the last episode that that's like it's it's a it's a funny title obviously but the it's called a god walks into a bar like her last yeah. name and it's like that's literally what he did he mm-hmm. he went and sought her out and she really brought him back into this world and as we see in these final moments i think she made him i think she you know not to get like religious here but people always say that, you know, in, in growing up Catholic, like I did, like you're made in the image and likeness of God. And if we're to believe that Dr. Manhattan is God now with all his powers, but the thing is, is he's not, but he's not like humanity. You know what I'm trying to say? Like he doesn't understand, he doesn't, he kind of is separate from humanity in the graphic novel in a way because. Yeah. Um, and and that's exactly. And that's, I love that it was based again, this motherfucker damon lindelof dude when he described this show as like the new testament literally it's like dr manhattan had played the god role so what does he do now he becomes the jesus Jesus role role. yep exactly and and he literally and he sacrifices himself like jesus does for and and it's also this idea of of yeah of needing to live amongst the people and and be with the people and connect with people in order to to realize what life is and in order to be a better god um yeah and 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 in doing so he you know he ends up loving this woman and ah jeez i still i'm experiencing every moment i don't want that <laughs> gee, it's just yeah i mean i just never and like like Garrett already said the acting in that scene specifically from regina king is is so fantastic and and there's even that moment in the episode before too where like there's all these little hints at like what he does where it's like you know about the eggs but then also it's like when Mm -hmm. he's standing on the water and it's like it's important for you to see me do this yeah like like everything he does did even the stuff that seemed friggin out there to angela it was all in service of her it was mm-hmm. all to it was all to help her it was all to care for her and yeah man that's uh that's a beautiful it's a beautiful thing and i thought what a way for him to go out you know but yeah yeah, yeah f- Garrett, for jo- any potential flaws that the story had and the pacing or the storytelling i don't think there's anything that you could really pick apart about his story and especially how it was told over the past really the past like the final two episodes or whatever two and a half episodes it was just yeah that it 
everything else was worth it. If they had to sacrifice some plot or they focused too much on her, it was now that I'm thinking about it, yeah, it was worth it. It was yeah. it was so good. And I think too, like what I love so much, um, is I've been saying ever since kind of we knew what the plan was, like to capture him and stuff, um, I just think it's so fitting too that he needed to die um because again he's seen you know he sees kind of everything and as we've seen whether it's you know even like i would say lady true right like you like obviously like putting aside how the show kind of executed it and her character somebody you can at least understand you know somebody who who somebody's mentality who basically is like you didn't this god like you're a god like you could have done better like i can do better than you and but then still be blinded and power hungry by because of their like anger and everything so i love that he kind of hits this point of realizing like I the longer that I live or that people know I am alive and out there like somebody will always be trying to take this from me and somebody will always want this well and it's Um, and and it's also like he gives if you're to believe the ending that she does walk on water exactly the whole idea is that Vite even says about Lady True she's too narcissistic for that power Yep. So he gives his power to the one person he knows is a good enough person to handle. Yeah, and and that's and I still have like one or two things I want to talk about about Doctor Manhattan. But to add to that point, Chris, it's also like just the fact that she has almost that she has the ultimate realization with Will of that she can't hide her anger and her negative feelings behind the mask like they need room to breathe you need to accept them and like you know because if she doesn't then Angela theoretically is like kind of going down the same path as Lady True like she is somebody who has dealt with all this you know like all this bullshit in her life and she uses her anger to take it out but that's not the ideal way or the best way and she finally kind of accepts that and i feel like that's when that's like the defining moment for to just like put the cherry on top of why she is the perfect successor for these powers um one thing i really want to i want to bring up really quick though is i kind of also don't think uh manhattan is dead i knew you were gonna say that yeah well because okay so his energy, his like life essence, his energy gets sucked up, right? And the machine gets destroyed. Like his energy and his powers, and uh, like never get put back into anybody. So it just disperses, right? And this in the graphic novel, it is a very big moment because Adrian does essentially this like a similar thing. Like he blows. It's not as kind of sly, but he literally tries to blow up Manhattan. And Manhattan comes back and is like, hey, dumbass, reassembling myself from the atomic level is the first thing I learned to do. Like, are you kidding me with this right now? Um, so, in my, like, um, I guess so, like, I think that I stand by he knew that regardless, like, this moment needed to happen. Like, he needed to essentially, whether it's real or not, and it doesn't, 
it doesn't even you know matter to me but um i feel i just love the idea that he knew he had to like fake his death or die essentially to kind of bring peace to the world or at least bring like normalcy to the world where people weren't coming after him and then my like fairy tale idea is that also angela is is like the love of his life and everything and by giving her his powers not only does he know that she can do better than him or you know use them for more and good than he did um in a less like you know in, in, with being out out of the spotlight i'll call it because obviously like manhattan being the big blue guy and kind of the polarizing nature of how he of his transformation and everything it very put him center stage out of nowhere but i love the idea of him believing she was worthy of the powers and i kind of like the idea of uh the like fairy tale nest to it that i can i like to believe that in the future you know she has the powers and whether he reappears and you know um hides his personality again because she still has the hydrogen atom thing or just like you know a hundred thousand years down the line or whatever like they get to be together as godlike beings yeah i i think like they're entwined souls i i like i right. don't know that's how i just i know i, th- I know i'm kind of jump i'm jumping to a lot of conclusions here but no. i wanted to put it out there i i like the fact that this show ended with those questions being possible yeah and not even just like yeah maybe this happened you know it's like that that's a pretty I wouldn't say likely, but that's definitely a plausible outcome. And I think it's also somewhat plausible that she doesn't have his powers and her foot just goes into the water and he's never seen from again. And I I love that these two radically extreme endings are both possible and and both – I'm I'm kind of okay with both of them. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think that's that's really cool, Chris. It remind like it felt just so much to me. It remind again like not to you know keep doing the leftovers thing, but it just feels so similar to like the Kevin Nora dynamic, and yep, and, and how and, that show unfolds and how at yep, the end like yep, kind be- of what Garrett said. It's it's not about the con getting the concrete answer or about what happened but you just can buy into the idea of like two people uh dealing with you know like loss and trauma and all of the stuff like at the end of the day them having each other or having had each other in their lives um brought them something that is like greater than anything else you could ever experience to me it's yeah it's uh, it's a great point blaze i think you hit the nail on the head and i agree with garrett that it's the ending is the way that it is is great it's it's about the emotional truth right yes um without i don't want to spoil what the leftovers ending is but that's about the emotional truth between kevin and nora um whatever you choose to believe as an audience uh what happens with their dynamic in that final episode it's about the emotional truth between them and this is about the emotional truth between angela and john which is that she listened to what he said she she follows kind of his instructions almost and she takes that literal leap of faith yeah and you know it's 
you it's amazing that you go from the woman in the bar who wouldn't believe he was dr manhattan you know and all this to now she's taking that step onto the water wondering if she's gonna walk on it and yeah um yeah dude it's it's great uh i i really i have such a fear that hbo is gonna renew this show without linden loft and yeah I if they do, I hope someone tells. And he was saying this in his interview with Alan Seppenwall over at Rolling Stone that they could tell a different Watchmen story with different characters that doesn't yeah. touch this one. He's like, they could pick this one up, and that would be fine. And I would be so happy if someone wants to keep the Watchmen series going, but they almost treat it like an anthology in some ways, where we we're not focused on Tulsa, but maybe a different part of the world or the country. Yeah, um, like set it, set it again create to in my opinion like if this show i've said it for fucking weeks now this show needs to (laughs) die with this season because it is too perfect again there's not a third part of the damn bible like this was when you look at watchmen when you look at the presentation book of mormon bro yeah yeah right (laughs) when you look at the graphic novel of watchmen it kind of starts there are two basically big fo- like kind of focuses right it's the creation and origin of superheroes and vigilantes which happens with hooded justice obviously it's not the focus but it is that is the starting point and basically it is the inclusion of a god in dr manhattan and sort of what that would lead to and how, or how that would um impact the world i will say and this man took those two points, those two focuses, and he gave them both endings. He gave them both the perfect ending. Like, the everybody was right to have their, um, to be worried about this show, you know, or kind of caught, be cautiously optimistic coming into the show. But this, Lindelof took, he took the perfect approach and he honed in on two, the two kind of pivotal things points i guess um that the graphic novel starts with and i just like i don't want to see it touched again i am with him that like this should be a one season and yeah if if they do bring somebody else in do it like set it before these events there's so much time that you can explore uh you know that doesn't have anything to do with this but can still tie into we'll say the fallout after the 11-2 squid incident yeah i think you could they could get so creative with that I, to see how other people are responding have it start like a year or like six months after the squid incident yep. or something and just get a exactly. new, new perspective you, on it you have a block of time there that if they decide they want to like i am fine with them working with but any, I'd even, any, I do, anybody I do a, that decides to continue this is a fucking psychopath. <laughs> well, unless, unless, unless Lindenloft does, unless <laughs> Lindenloft decides, because he said as of right now, he feels like he's done, but there's a chance he could. Yeah. Um, See how much money they throw at him. I, and, he's not that, I don't think he's that kind of guy. Yeah. But, but like, I think they just have to respect like what he's done show wise and like, you know, when they gave him the keys to this property, yeah, uh, it, it was. I, I think they got to respect it, but 
really quickly because I know Chris, you got to get out of here in a little bit. Yeah. I don't want to um, waste. I don't want to sell this short because I've Real again I've saved the best for last. Okay. Let me say one yeah. one quick yeah, thing. Yeah, me too. So go ahead, to, Garrett. Okay. So just about the ending again. I. I'm normally not a huge like I like to write. I'm normally not a big fan of ambiguous endings and endings where they kind of it it almost seems like the the writer or whoever made a movie or something like if it's a truly ambiguous ending it seems like they just couldn't come up with a great ending on their own and they couldn't they're going to leave it up to the you know the viewer or the reader to come up with an ending and normally I find that's pretty cheap unless the only time that I really think it works is if there's like two distinct endings and it's up to us to decide and then we can kind of put what we think about the world and what we think about what we've pulled from that story and kind of put our own personality into that ending. So two other ones that I think do this really well are uh, The Sopranos where like I know I talked about that on an earlier episode but like the instant it ended I knew what happened and then same with Inception where it's like there's it can go one of two ways and it you can get really philosophical about it and like I said reflect your own thoughts about the world and who you are and what your life experiences have been and and, and kind of play your role in telling that story but some endings I think I've never seen it but I've heard Lost was just like way too ambiguous where it was there are so many different interpretations and it could mean like a hundred different things and you really had to do a little too much legwork. And I think Watchmen was just so it couldn't have been better about how it ended. And I think it was, it's like either she got his powers and that could mean so many different things that we don't necessarily need to know, or she didn't get his powers and, and that's perfectly okay too. Yeah. Damn. That's all I'll say about that. So. Damn. No, that was that was a really good, actually, really, damn. Yeah. Because uh, the shit I was going to say was not that deep or, 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 well, <laughs> or well articulated. I will say this, though, real quick about Lost. People who think it, you have to do too much, like, legwork for that or that it's too ambiguous are, are – are, there's a once you watch the show garrett i'll be able to tell you why these people are dumb because i don't even want to hint at, okay. hint at why they're dumb it's they they totally misinterpret something but anyway uh no that's and and that's just like the the me the outside consensus oh, like oh i know i know it's just more like there's one misconception that a lot of fans have that if you if you don't if you don't have that misconception the ending's a lot easier to understand it's just okay. anyway, it's if i were to That's say fair. something it would ruin the ending of the show for you so getting back to Watchmen, okay. the spinoff idea i was just gonna say i'd love to see a laurie night owl like what they did afterwards because we know laurie becomes an fbi agent and like her struggle to decide to do that and, yeah. and doesn't night owl end up I could see that working and doesn't i night was gonna owl... say I, I was gonna say i'd be happy kind of watching because they go out as like she becomes the comedian and like I think it'd be cool to give her character the um, the mm-hmm. kind of do to watch her transformation yep. because, like, you know, we kind of last see her in the graphic novel um, getting upset, learning the reality of her lineage and her parents and everything. Yeah. And then sort of by the end, like, I think it's kind of her last dialogue. You see the way that it is dropped or kind of uh, written by Alan Moore, it's an acceptance and i would love to that's the one story i agree with you i I think it would be interesting to watch uh watch that acceptance unfold and kind of see her 
transition or at least the start of her transition into yeah. who we know her as today agreed agreed um but go um, with your questions please sorry i was just the last thing i just wanted to do really um before i uh, the lube man was um <laughs> I we need to give Regina King her her due. I know we've gushed over her plenty this episode, but uh, truly from beginning to end, uh, the way that she uh, delivered and brought Angela Abar to life was something special. I mean, truly an incredible character, uh, and the development of you know her learning just like her story, uh, learning about her. Her family, her legacy, um, experiencing not only her own trauma, which we see with, you know, multiple traumas, I I should say, in terms of like her parents and her life and as well as what she experiences with John at the end or Cal. um, And then to also be put literally into Will's shoes. Um, I don't know. A beautiful emotional performance. She this was her show this is her show and i think something that i really love by the end of things is that um the whole in the graphic novel the interesting thing is the reveal of laurie's father being the comedian and the way manhattan explains it is he calls her uh, a thermodynamic or thermo yeah thermodynamic miracle i think or thermonuclear so, something along those lines and he essentially tells her that the the path and the things that needed to happen to basically like to make lori who she is happened through an extremely specific like a string of events and i thought it was incredible to essentially watch uh Lindelof and the writing team give us this character who was even more of a thermodynamic miracle in that you know everything that we we saw so much of this character and oh, I feel you know we clearly got to know her more than anybody else but just seeing the little things like in her flashback episode and how she finally is gonna like have a family and be free and the grandma has the heart attack and everything and like i don't know i just loved the way this character was put together and everything that was put into her story and uh i think it adds it it just is self-explanatory why why dr manhattan falls for her because again looking at his past and everything and the things that fascinate him as a god are these specific instances that are more almost I'll, call, I'll say more unique you know than the like everyday man maybe and um yeah i don't know i mean just like from you know regina king's what the fucks and the strange moments of this show um i felt like she was us to an extent as the viewer you know in those moments but at the end of the day like yeah I don't know, just I blown away by that the character as a whole. Um, well, and, yeah. and you and I spe- specifically talked about on Sunday night one scene, um, specifically the scene in the theater with her and uh, her and Will, uh, yeah. with Angela and Will, and just the 
you know, did you take my pills? And the, the, just the look that waves over her face too. And it's this kind of, yeah, it's this understanding of history and legacy and, and trauma and, and, and how, and kind of how I think uh, going back to that beautiful line, the, the idea that, you know, the, ma- you know, about the mask covering the pain, you got to let it breathe. Um, I think that's what the show really is about too. It's about, you know, it's about how do we, how do we deal with trauma? How do we deal with, um, injustice? How do we deal with mistreatment? Um, and how do we process it? And Mm -hmm. in a world like Watchmen, um, you know, as kind of started by hooded justice and then appropriated by, you know, the other Minutemen. Um, the way to deal with that trauma, the way to deal with that anger, the way to deal with a world that doesn't really give a fuck about you, is is to put on a mask and try to be the best version of yourself that you can to try to to try to make the world a bit of a better place, even if the world doesn't want to let you, want to give you the chance. And um, and I think that's what uh what Angela was all about as well. And I think just Regina King from her badass moments you know like she's literally like i'm like last episode like i'm just gonna get my gun i'm gonna fucking kill all these cavalry members like i'm gonna to you know to her tearful goodbye to her you know caring for her children it just angela was just a really fully realized character and what i love about her she's someone that despite all her trauma despite all the tragedy in her life um and despite what now happens with john um, she continued to live and she continued to persevere and she continued to, to love. And I think that's really what I take away from the show is that, you know, uh, Dr. Manhattan says it in the previous episode, all relationships end tragically. Um, and all, all people have challenges in their lives, but that's not a reason to not live it. That's not a reason to go out there and love people. And, and, and I think ultimately, you know, it might sound cheesy, but I think that's what the show was about. Yeah. Well put. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> um, before we get into Lube Man really quick, Garrett, do you have anything to add to that? I don't want to step on anyone's toes. I think that really both of you guys summed it up really good. Um, more so about just Regina King. Again, I wasn't too familiar with her going into this. And, yeah, she matched all expectations. It was – she was – the best part of the show and i think her relationship with john was by far the best plot of the show and i think and you know as i'm kind of coming down a little bit thinking about our conversation tonight and the the show in general i think it's it's probably okay if they didn't fully realize every character and every plot line because they might have had to sacrifice a little bit mm-hmm. in order to tell her story as well as they did and i'd rather get like one 100 perfect story yeah. which hers was in my opinion than even reduce it to like an a or an a minus to get the others bumped up a mm-hmm. half letter grade or something yeah and that's like that's why i look at this show being so cool because not only did they take you know they kind of provide a continuation or a fitting a conclusion for the characters of Hooded Justice and Dr. Manhattan, but they found a way to do it where essentially like they are tied to and live on through like her character, you know, 
Angela Abar and Sister Knight and like and, and her being that like said, the best of both of them. Yeah, and that said, I don't ever want to see that character on screen. Exa- exactly, exactly. That's why I it's said like you, you'd be you don't want to. Yeah, um, they like perfectly built this house of cards or house of toothpicks or whatever. Yeah. And adding one more could knock it all over. So really quick, um, again for time's sake. So uh, hashtag lube man is PD. So yeah, PD is lube man, Chris. Is that one hundred percent confirmed? So let me. I'll hit you. Let me hit you with the breakdown here. Okay. So um, Lindelof commented on the involvement of Lube Man, and he essentially said that he they did not expect the character to land with the audience as much as he did, and like kind of become such a phenomenon of the show oh i call bullshit on that i do too okay i do too i so like i'm but he's like really happy you don't create a guy i know i know like fucking lube man yeah who fucking slides down into the fucking sewers weird ass fucking yeah um oh my god i'm with you i i literally have it written down in my notes like i think it's bullshit um, because exactly it's such I was like you only show four fucking vigilantes in this show in costume five if you count Ozymandias yeah. and then you just drop a silver suited fucking alien guy who slides into the drain dude yeah, yeah. Um, anyway sorry. I just I, I wanted to include that because I thought it was funny but well there's I guess I there's like a scene I saw in reddit it was like a screen capture I don't know if you saw this where um Pete, I think it's like it just the camera briefly goes over Petey's um, briefcase. And there's like a tiny ass bottle of like Jergens in it. Yeah. So here's the here's no. The, I'm joking. Here, well, just, here's the legitimate. He just carries lube around. Well, with all okay. So things. here's the legitimate ed- evidence. So it is basically confirmed through the Petey. If that's real, then I'm out. I'm done with the show. Um. So you're not like it didn't. It wasn't in a physical scene. But here's the breakdown. Um, so essentially, the um, the final entry to the PDpedia. I'm gonna kind of do this in reverse. So the final entry, the last two weeks, all but confirmed it. The final entry is actually an entry from the deputy director uh, Farragut of the FBI, and he basically informs us, the viewer, that uh, PD has been fired because at some point he was ordered to leave Tulsa and report back to DC and he basically went AWOL and refused to do it and in the memo this guy basically breaks down he kind of comments on like how PD doing the PDpedia and everything was like a super unprofessional way to kind of execute these types of I guess like that information and everything and uh, he comments about like how if any FBI members uh, want to come take any of Petey's shit because they don't basically like they haven't heard from him, they're welcome to. And on they comment that uh, included in Petey's desk was multiple copies of Rorschach's journal, hundreds of comic books about pirates, so clearly the Black Freighter comments, and a massive jug of canola oil. Um, and, oh, shit. And then when... Farragut talks more about Petey's disappearance uh, after disobeying the direct order. He 
they say he is, quote, at risk for vigilante behavior and most likely always was. Perhaps sooner or later, the task fo- this task force will be investigating him. Um, and to kind of add to this, as if, you know, if you're not sold on the canola oil um, from episode Listen, man, eight. He was he was getting down with Lori. So who knows? Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know she's got to be dried up at this point. Whoa! Oh my God. Night Owl still in, Night Owl still in prison. Oh my God. Manhattan moved on. <laughs> the, that's the how last, I took it too. That was that's that, I, he I, wanted that to be his last his last PD um, entry. Um, anyway, yeah. <laughs> oh shit. No. <laughs> um, uh, go ahead. Sorry. So in episode in the episode eight, PDpedia. Basically, there's like a excerpt, um, like a news cutout, and like an excerpt about. Um, basically, the one is a article of almost like a fictional story written by Petey that he submitted mm. to like a writing contest in a magazine or something and won. And it's called Fog Dancing. And essentially, it's Petey talking about. Um, how back in the day there were these people called fog dancers and essentially when the u.s would you know say like when the u.s has dr manhattan like fuck up vietnam or like they drop bombs or something right but want to sort of cover up the true like gruesomeness of war they would send these people in to like quickly clean up all the fucked up shit like you know if say you drop like say dr manhattan's radiations like fucking up vietnam there's and there's gonna be like dogs with third eyes or people with like burning you know like fucked up skin and stuff um these fog dancers were sent in to clean up the worst part of like wars um and like the fallout from dr manhattan's wreckage and they quote wore skin tight silver track suits coated with spf 6666 Mm-mm. Um. So when you put it all together, like we know, Petey has idolized vigilantes. He idolized these uh, humanized heroes and the fog dancers, kind of doing the unseen work. Um, and then the canola oil on his desk, and obviously the costume he wears, basically seems like it is pull. It is what exactly what those people wore. Yeah, it, it, put it all it's together, and that it's... motherfucker was running around the other thing is like you all the information he was putting out from the pdpedia like he clearly couldn't have just been getting that from like his you know daily like job and work in tulsa you know like he had to clearly be like following angela around or like whatever mm-hmm. fun stuff though i at god least, damn you know i'm i like yeah. that he slips that's off enough. into the night that's enough i like me. that he slips off into the night I do too. Literally. I think it's enough. He, the fact that they added he literally slips too. Anyway. Yep. <laughs> yeah, the canola oil is enough for yep. me. That's fine. That's good. Yeah. Uh, that's funny. Um, any final thoughts before we get out of here? Uh, hmm. I feel like I said all I can about this show. One of my favorites of the year. One of the best I've watched in a while. Um, and I hope it remains untouched for at least a long time, if not forever. And uh, Damon Lindenloff, you magnificent bastards, you did it again. That's all I'll say. Good night, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Garrett, what about you? Yeah, it was, you? it was a lot of fun 
talking about the show with with you guys. Um, I think it made me enjoy the show even more than I probably already would have, and it made me understand the show more than I already would have. So hope to do it again with shows in the future. Yeah, um, this was my favorite show of the year, hands down. Um, I love this graphic novel, and I love Damon Lindelof, and this was... Uh, the perfect marriage if anybody was ever going to touch this and tip my hat to everybody involved all the writers and everything um yeah i'm you know sad because i when we kind of uh, started this or at least the show was announced uh i definitely had like the you know i saw the bright lights of the city and uh thought like wow this could be a really cool long-running show but um i'm I want this to be a gem of a season and uh, you know we'll see what comes next but that will pretty much wrap it up for our Watchmen discussions Um, while we started this show as a Watchmen specific podcast with things up in the air um, it's definitely not going to stop there and Chris, I can I can fill both of you in on sort of just my general plans going forward. But uh, we'll definitely still be putting out episodes. I've talked to Garrett about he's a huge Stephen King fan. So I think we're going to try to cover The Outsider, the new show with uh, Mendelssohn and Jason Bateman. As well as kind of throwing in some other fun stuff. I, I would love if we can kind of carve out the time. You know, maybe do our, the three of us do our uh, top 10 movies of the decade and reveal that to one another, you know, throw in maybe a season review for the Mandalorian. Um, But definitely have plans to kind of, you know, keep chatting with these two guys. So stay tuned. Uh, Maybe I'll kind of, maybe we'll put out a little episode divulging our plans or, you know, I'll jump on here or something, but uh, we will definitely be pumping stuff out in this feed still. So, that will wrap us up for Watchmen. It's been a hell of a season. Um, let us know what you thought of the finale. Please, you know, as always, hit us up at Locked in Pod. Find Chris at CKinger13. Find Garrett at Locked in with G. And check me out at Blaze Hopkins. And until next time, people, just remember we're not locked in here with you. You're locked in here with us. Bye bye.